You're listening to Recruiter Connections, a conversational podcast with industry professionals about career success. I would like to welcome my podcast guest today, Wayne Bretherton. Wayne has developed a successful career within the building services industry, in particular related to fire engineering, where he's worked both in Australia and internationally, managing large teams in a broad spread of geographical locations. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Marla. How are you? Thanks for being on, on my podcast. Awesome. So I've got a few questions, Wayne, um, just relating to your career in fire engineering. Yes. Um, and for, you know, if you can sort of start by telling us what, what is fire engineering? Okay. So, so fire engineering, it's quite a specialist space when it comes to engineering disciplines. And it looks at a combination of both fire science, um, how that, how fires actually interact within a, a building particularly. Um, but then it also um, takes an understanding of the fire phenomena and applies that in addition to understanding how buildings are used by humans. So understanding how human evacuation works, things like that. We also need to have an understanding of fire safety systems. So what type of systems are actually installed in the buildings to either prevent fire, prevent spread of fire, be those passive means such as fire-rated walls and such like, through to um, active systems such as sprinklers and uh, occupant warning systems like smoke detection. Um, we also need to have an understanding, as I was talking before, about the human behavioural aspects, um, designing of egress systems. So how does exit systems work for emergency evacuation? Um, and lastly, we need to understand how firefighting operations work. So I commonly look at fire engineering being involved in four main key, key principles. One, how do we get people out of the building? Two, how do we stop the fire spreading in a building? Three, how do we make sure that a building does not collapse? And four, how do we make sure the fire brigade get in and mm. can actually put out a fire? So what would be a typical background of someone who wants to go down that path of fire engineering? Okay, so, I mean, normally you'd be looking for um, a foundation in engineering in the first instance, so um, an undergraduate qualification in an engineering field. Um, because it's a specialist space, it's, it's commonly studied at a master's level. Um, so there is a postgraduate um, expectation when it comes to uh, qualifying in this space. Um, because it's not a traditional engineering route and it actually takes um, into account various aspects and, and as I was saying before about everything from understanding fire phenomena through to systems design through to you know human behaviour and occupant movement. What was your first experience in fire engineering and how did you get into this particular field? So fire engineering, my first experience was probably with the advent of the performance-based building code in Australia. Um, when did that happen? That was way back in 1996. So it's been around for some time, kind of shows my age a little bit. But um, yes, yeah, so, so 1996 when the performance-based code first was introduced in Australia was probably when fire engineering started to um, become a discipline of its own um, in that time. Um, I spent some time then predominantly working in the development of performance-based codes. So that kind of sparked more of an interest in, in how fire engineering played a role in, in how we build in the built environment and how the application of building and fire codes worked. What have been some highlights in your career? 
highlights for me, it's, it's, fire engineering has been an amazing career for for me. Um, I've worked in 28 countries, lived in four. Um, So I've been able to experience the world through fire engineering and work in some of the most amazing places, you know, weird and wonderful places like North Africa. I've worked in Egypt, worked in Morocco. I've even worked in Libya. Wow. Uh, so, so it's kind of crazy stuff. Um, right through the Middle East, right through into to Europe proper um, and the UK. Um, but um, I've worked on some amazing buildings with some amazing architects um, and they're, they're really interesting because you can look at them and look at you, how you played a role in in some of the world's most iconic buildings and i and i, I i'm very proud of that um and how you actually played a role in changing the shape of of cities yeah wow that sounds like a pretty cool um international exposure that you got yeah yes and it it, it is ex- it, it's what's interesting about it too is that you you know we come from a a country on the bottom of the planet um, where you know we've got a relatively small population, but it's a big world out there. And when I think about how buildings are built, and it gets back to those key four principles I was referring to earlier, and I can remember going to one specific signature architect's office um, one day when I was working in London and going to six different design meetings in that day, all in different countries. And that was ranged from doing a high-rise building in Mexico City through to doing a um, five-star resort in Casablanca through to working on a tall building in Dubai. Um, so when you kind of think about that and how you not only are jumping from project to project but from country to country, and I can remember someone saying to me once, how do you understand what's needed in all those different countries? And as I said, it's it's back to those four key principles about mm. making sure that the building doesn't fall down, making sure that you're not getting fire spread between or in the building and between buildings, that the fire brigade can get in to fight a fire effectively and that we can get people out safely. Um, and, you know, if you, if you break it back to those core f- four principles, um, you end up with designs that are, that are safe. That's really interesting because... That's an interesting question that that person asked because fire is going to perform the same everywhere pretty much. So it's quite an international career really, isn't it? Yes, yes, ex- exactly. And, 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 you know, as I was referring to in those, those countries is that, you know, when you work in places like North Africa, you forget that um, some countries were of French origin versus British colonial kind of origin. So the the... the the um, fire safety provisions, if you like, for those countries come from the original colonisation. So you're working with a French-based code versus a British-based code versus a US-based code, and 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 it's it's interesting when you when you take those general principles, but then you're actually applying engineering principles over the top of that, which sometimes challenges the norm, particularly when you're dealing with large-scale projects. Um, that that commonly normal codes, fire codes, can't address. What's been some of your most challenging projects? I, I think working in some of those countries where 
um, fire engineering is, is, is still a relatively new profession uh, and, and how you apply fire engineering principles to, to building designs versus a codified approach. So in countries such as, um, if I use like Morocco, for example, um, it's still very codified. It's still very prescriptive. Um, even a lot of our first world countries still have prescriptive based codes. Um, so some of the challenges is, is in how you would apply an engineering science to a country that is deep seated in, in or deep rooted in, in how, um, they think about fire and how they code, codify for fire. The other challenge comes from understanding different cultures. So the different cultures that have come from working in, in different countries and how they think about society and how you actually design buildings taking into account the culture of, of, of the society in which you are actually building these buildings. So a little bit of... Um human psychology comes into play. It does come into play. You've actually got to understand that that you know your way of thinking is not always the, the, the way of thinking of that, that country and you need to be respectful of that and you need to um, have an appreciation that that your way is not all, your way is not always the right way when it comes to that country. You need to be very respectful. And this might actually be a bit of an answer to my next question, what you've just said now. Um, but what personal attributes do you have that make you successful? Firstly is listening. I think um, listening to not only clients and to even um, other design professionals, professionals as well, be it architects or other engineers, but also uh, listening to the concerns, if there are concerns being raised about certain designs by authorities and understanding that, you know, we're all trying to get to the same outcome of creating safe buildings. And my, my philosophy is, has always been to be open and to be uh, wanting to listen and wanting to learn and wanting to understand and then trying to kind of take the team on a journey when it through some fire eyes, if if we want for a better term, um, and yeah, I, I think that that's really important. the 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 other thing is is always come at it from the point of view that there's something for you to learn from um, uh, from others that may surround you, and that people that you work with. You know, we work in a in a hugely intelligent industry. And and that you know you're not always the smartest person in the room, and that you can learn things from others. It's really important. Again, that that's a really great answer, and I think something relating to my next question: if somebody was interested in pursuing a career in fire engineering, it sounds like that's a lot of the attributes that they would also need to possess um, from a field of you know of a, a, a path of study. What would they typically be? What would that typically look like? You've mentioned it a little bit earlier in the in a previous question, but specifically, what kind of degree would they be doing, and then what would they look at doing next? Well, as I, as I said, uh, I think that starting with a foundation in an engineering degree is really important. Um, that you understand engineering principles from any discipline or any, any discipline, mm-hmm. um, as long as it's a, I think a foundation in engineering. Um, 
um, and then from there looking at firstly having an inquiring mind um, and actually wanting to to actually ask why. Why are we doing it this way? Um, so having that inquiring mind, having a thirst to learn um, because, you know, fire engineering is, is a continually evolving space and we um, are constantly learning more things about how fire behaves and how people behave in buildings because, you know, we... People are, you know, being, you know, have different different approaches, and there's never one kind of real right answer when it comes to how human psychology works. So um, you learn things every day, and and I think that from having a, a base undergrad in in engineering, and then building on top of that with with a, a master's degree mm-hmm. in in, in Fire engineering, where you actually start to to learn on uh, the, the the aspects of fire phenomena and fire dynamics and human behaviour, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. What's the ultimate sort of qualification that if somebody wanted to um, go the whole way and and become accredited, what what do they need to be aiming for? What do they need to be looking to achieve? The, the, obviously, with um, there's lots of kind of commentary right now in in the Australian market around building confidence in in or re- rebuilding confidence I should say in the the built environment and the construction sector um, making sure that you've got appropriate professional qualifications is really important that you're on the engineering register that you're a chartered professional engineer that you actually carry the state registrations that that are expected so in queensland obviously it's with the board of professional engineers um there's just recently been you know passing of acts in victoria and and new south wales that that go down a similar model um they are fantastic for the industry and help with you know reinstalling confidence back into into the community that the building and construction sector um build quality buildings when you're recruiting and when you have recruited for your teams in the past, what kind of skills and attributes are you looking for in the people that you're interviewing? Firstly, I think you know a diverse background is really, really important. Different ways of thinking means that you actually result in a better outcome. So there's many different ways of approaching how um, a design outcome may may um, eventuate. What I'm really looking for when it comes to, to people that join Omni are people that are a team player, that um, see themselves that um, are open in terms of new ideas, that have a willingness to learn, but also a willingness to contribute and you know put their, their views forward. I think it's really important that that you can articulate, you know, your views, and that you have strong communication skills, and um, that you know you have a thirst to learn and a thirst to grow. Because this is a, you know, we're in a, a profession where lifelong learning is a really important aspect, and that we continue to support and nurture, you know, professionally our our staff. Mm. What would the career path look like for someone who is then who is choosing, who's maybe done an undergraduate? degree and then chooses they want to further specialise in fire engineering. What can others get from their, you know, choosing to go down this path in fire engineering? I think, you know, it opens up a lot of opportunity. Um, 
like like all engineering kind of professions, there there is always opportunity, you know, working on vastly, you know, large and strange and and amazing projects. I think though, with with fire engineering, being that it's that it's a quite a specialised space, it means that fire engineers are actually in very high demand. So you know, there's there's the ability. I think that it gives you really a passport to work anywhere in the world that you wish, and that you can experience some amazing things. Um, and you know, they're not not to forget that you know when you when you do go and work, be it in Australia or any one of the Australian cities or overseas, you know, it's it's about life experience as well. It's you know, and and I think that. You know, one of the most grateful things that, that I have around fire engineering and what it's meant for me is that I've got to experience an amazing amount of life experience um, and different cultures and different different ways of living and working. And and um, I can thank fire engineering for that. So it's 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 been a really good journey. I'm not there yet, not finished, but um it's it's um it's been a lot of fun. Well, I couldn't agree more with you with um, it being a particular profession that's extremely in demand. So, yeah, definitely I think there's lots of options for people who choose to go down the path of choosing to do fire engineering. You are now the CEO of OmniFire, all of Omni. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your role and the business overall? Sure. So, so Omni, uh, we're a pure play fire safety professional services firm. Um, started in 2005, so we're 15 years old. Started initially in Melbourne. Um, I've uh, joined Omni in the last 12 months, and um, we what we're really about is how or we are the preeminent, you know, firm in this in this space in Australia, and we just want to be really good at what we do. We want to be known as the firm you go to when it around fire. Um, and our hashtag is obviously Think Fire, Think Omni, and and really what that's about is you know we want our clients to to know that there's there's no no problem or no solution that we can't really not tackle, and that that we're there to support them in whatever they want to do. Uh, because we are pure play fire, we are just good at what we do. We concentrate on it, and be, and as part of that, you know, we have an overall vision of um, making sure that we have a, a learning and development culture, a nurturing culture that, that is looking about um, making sure that we have professional development for our staff and are, are currently kept up to speed with with changes in in in, um, in technology and changes in, in in current research. And we, we do that through various means and lots of internal training as well as support for external, more formal training as well. Um, we want to be in a position where we are trusted advisors to our client. We want to be front of centre of mind when it comes to how we support uh, a, a client, both not only on their their proposed or, or projects that, that they wish to build, but but also more so into how how they kind of look after their overall assets. Definitely, Omni, yeah, has some really wonderful minds within the business, and I think that sort of collective um, sharing of experience is really beneficial to anyone who either works in the business or a client coming to, to Omni for their requirements. So. Yeah, yes. Look, and I think that, you know, we, you know we, we've expanded from in 2005. We started in Melbourne, as I said, and now 
you know, we're, we're obviously Melbourne and Brisbane and most recently Sydney. Uh, we, we have, um, huge, huge, um, a vision on, on, on growth when it comes to, to being in those three geographies. And that, um, if you actually look around the cities and, and that we have been present in and are working in now, um, it's amazing the amount of fingerprints that we've actually have on, on, um, the built environment. And I, I look at, you know, flying over Melbourne as I'm flying in or as I come home and land in Brisbane and look out the window and think, wow, we worked on so many of those projects and we've made mm. so much difference to, to, um, a safer built environment. And, mm. and that's one of the things I, I kind of think about as a legacy. Um, and it can point to, you know, both to my children and maybe one day to my grandchildren and say, look at these amazing things that, that, uh, that I, I worked on, which I think is, is really cool. And possibly the problem with, um, with the, 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 the trade that you have and, and fire engineering is that people don't really appreciate what you do until there is a fire. <laughs> well, I'd be saying that, you know, um, as far as that is concerned, um, People, we don't ever hear about our projects again and that, then they've actually been successful. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what final pieces of advice would you like to leave our listeners with? My, my final piece of advice is if you're looking for a career that is both diverse and dynamic and provides loads of opportunity, just not only in, in the Australian market but, but also internationally, um, do not discount fire engineering, and um, it's one of those professions that, you know, if you're at a, you're at a careers fair at one of the universities, it's commonly not talked about. They tend to talk about the core disciplines, be it structures or civil, or services engineering or electrical engineering, but they commonly or chemical engineering they, they commonly don't talk about some of the specialists and the spaces that you can actually branch mm, into, mm. and and I think about if you have an inquiring mind. And, and want to kind of, and, and a mind that, that wants to design, um, fire engineering is actually not a bad choice. Mm. Um, it's, it, it enables all those things to, to happen. And I just think that, um, it's been a, a great career for me. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it has a bright future. Thank you so much for your time today. That was fabulous, some of those insights that you've been able to give us. Thank you, Marla. It was good to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Recruiter Connections podcast. My name is Marla Ludikins and my podcast partner is Simone Roberts. We are recruitment professionals in the engineering and built environment industry. You can find us at www.recruiter.com.au spelt r e c r u i t r dot com dot a u